Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. All right. We're going to have a little fun with the Word of God today. All right. Is that okay? Can, can, can we have just a little bit of fun with it? You know, uh, you, you, ever, uh, you ever go to the Word of God and read something that just sounded funny? Okay. Uh, I mean, not the jokes that use, you know, the Word of God. Like, you know, who was the smallest, who was the shortest person in the Bible? A guy named Bildad. The Bible says he was a shoe height. Okay. The only, the only uh, state mentioned in the Bible of, of the United States? The Bible says Noah looked out of the ark and saw. Okay. All right, let's see if I can think of another one. Uh, uh, let's see. Those are old. I hadn't planned on sharing those, and those are a little corny. But let's see. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me think of one more. Uh, uh, God likes baseball yeah, in the big inning. Yeah, yeah, that's the seventh inning, by the way, if you didn't know that. That was the home stretch. Okay, and, uh, okay. Uh, Elijah, you know, the, uh, I don't know if y'all know this or not, but even back in Elijah's day, uh, he rode a motorcycle. The Bible says his, and, and it had loud pipes. The Bible says his triumph was heard throughout the land. Okay. Oh. Uh, we're not going to have that kind of fun with the Bible. But we're going to take the Word of God this morning, specifically from chapter Romans, chapter 16. And uh, um, we're going to, uh, you know, uh, uh, just, just take, a, take a little fun look at us and the church. And please, let me run this disclaimer. You know, for those of you at home and those of you here on campus, uh, and those of you that are watching this at some other point, please don't be upset with me. I'm not judging you. I'm not being critical of you. I'm just taking a little funny look at some of us. Of course, none of us here and none of you. You. I'm talking about somebody that lives way off in a distant city somewhere, a city that you really don't like. You know which one I'm talking about. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and they're from a church that we, you know, you know. but uh, today we're going to look at, uh, um, at uh, some groups, some, some different things in the Bible. And the title of my lesson, and again, you know, please don't get offended. Not, uh, you know, I'm not talking about you, okay? Uh, you know who I'm talking about, though. Okay? You'll know who I'm talking about. <laughs> Uh, the title of my lesson, Narcissists Who Are in the Lord. Ooh, where could this be going? You know, some things I do just for Google strength, you know, uh, so that, you know, and everybody these days wants to know about narcissists or something like that, so they'll give you, and they'll find Jesus. Uh, what a deal. Okay, Romans, the 16th chapter. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Romans chapter 16. In Romans chapter 16, the Apostle Paul is giving his salutations. He's, he, he's at the end of the book of Romans in his letter to the Romans, and he's going to name a few people, not just a few people. Do you know that the, the Apostle Paul names, um, you know, like the, the, there are like 35 different names here uh, in, 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 in the 16th chapter, plus all the sisters and the brothers and everything else. And, and so, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people here. But they can still be kind of divided into a couple of groups. And so please, um, uh, please let's, uh, let's, well, please allow me to have a little fun at your expense. Okay, or, or, or the expense of one of your friends. Uh, <laughs> because preaching the Word of God in these days, let me tell you, in my Bible reading in Jeremiah, my goodness, whew, 
there were so many bad things that would, you know, and so many things around us that, you know, sometimes it's hard to go to the Word of God in these days and find something to smile about. So I'm going to ask you to kind of smile a little bit this morning. All right. All right. The 16th chapter, verse 11. The Apostle Paul is greeting people and saluting people and saying hello to people. And he says, greet Herodian, my countryman. The King James says, my kinsman. Basically, that means, you know, people like me who, who know where I'm from, know what I'm doing, you know. Greet those who are of the household of narcissists who are in the Lord. That's where I got my title. Narcissists who are in the Lord. Okay? Narcissists who are in the Lord. Okay. Uh, there are two people here that, that drew my attention as I was reading through the Word of God recently. And these two people were Herodian and Narcissus, mentioned in the very same sentence. Of course, you can probably guess the root word of where Herodian comes from. Herodian literally means in the Greek to be heroic. Isn't that interesting? To be heroic. And here the Apostle Paul is saying, you know, greet the heroic. Greet Herodian and, and my, my, my countrymen. You know, somebody that's like me. Greet those that are heroic. Well, later on we'll talk about heroic people. And I'll tell you who the heroic people are who are, uh, you know, uh, who are uh, like, like us, okay, as the Apostle Paul was saying. Uh, they are my kinsmen. They are like me. They're, they're serving Christ and they're serving others. And, and uh, then he also said that he wanted to greet the household of narcissists, which literally means, the word means in the Greek, stupidity. Now, as I said, I'm not talking about you, okay? But here the Apostle Paul is writing to the church about people in the church. And he said, narcissists you know, who are in the Lord. <laughs> people who are of the household of stupidity that are right there among you, going to church with you, and, and, and you know, who are in the Lord. Can you imagine there being any people in the Lord? These people are in the church, and yet they are of the household of stupidity. Oh, come, come on. You, you got to put a smile on your face here, all right? Because if you don't, uh, I'll know that you're thinking I'm talking about you, and I'll know that there's a reason why you're thinking I'm talking about you. Oh, I see you out there now. <laughs> narcissist. Of course, uh, many of you may not be familiar uh, with the word narcissist or where narcissist comes from. So let me give you just a little bit of reference here, okay? Uh, uh, this, uh, you know, uh, narcissist is a flower. Did you know that? Narcissus, it's a flower. Uh, let's see, there are a number of flowers in that same vein. You know, uh, sometimes they bloom, sometimes they don't. And, you know, uh, uh, the, the daffodil is one of them, you know, bright yellow, you know. And, 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 and if you see the, the, the stem of the daffodil, you know, uh, you know it, it, it kind of bends over like that and kind of bows down. Well, uh, it's, it's connected to a Greek myth, and many of you in high school, you know, you study this, you know all about it and everything, but some of you may not remember that far back. It's probably been five or six years since some of you were in high school. And uh, so let, let me tell you who the character in Greek mythology was. Um, it was a guy who had received a prophecy in his life and, and that, that he would live a long, 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 long life, providing he never saw himself. Providing he never knew himself is a, is, a, is, is a better 
words. And so, so you know, one day, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, one one day, one day here he went and he was thirsty, and so what he wanted was a drink of water. And when he looked into the pool of water, he saw his reflection. And he said, "Oh my goodness, I am pretty. I am good looking." I am fine. Look, whoa, man, look at me, okay? Me, 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 look at me. And so he, when he leans over, looking at himself there, and he goes to get a drink of water. Many of you remember uh, when his you know, lips touched the water, the water rippled, and his image went away. And when his image went away, oh, no, I can't see me anymore. And so he gets back you know, to look at himself again. And so there he sits, leaning over into that pool of water, looking down into the pool of water at his own image, so taken with his own image that, you know, he's thirsty, he's very thirsty, but he's so taken with himself that he cannot bring himself to disturb the surface of the water to even get a drink because he doesn't want to quit looking at himself. And so what happens? (laughs) He dies of thirst. And, you know, myth has it, just purely, you know, this is not the truth, by the way, as I can't put it to the truth. But, but the story goes that where he died, you know, a narcissist flower grew up in that place. And, of course, leaning over and bending over with its bright face to the water, you know, yet never being able to touch the water. And there it is in its daffodil state today. Okay, so you all get the idea, right? All right. Stupid, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be stupid? I mean, I can understand why they call narcissists stupid. I mean, right there, you're right there by all the water, and you never, you know, you never touched it. You died of thirst, unable to get a drink of water because you could not, you know, disturb the image of yourself. I mean, it was going to cost you. You, you were going to have to stop looking at yourself in order to, uh, you know, um, you know, that th- this word narcissist also has a connotation that it comes from the 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 uh, uh, the, the root word narc which is also uh, extrapolated into narcotic, by the way. And that is connected to the stupidity or, the dis- or, or, or to the, uh, uh, the, um, the stupefaction, as it, is, uh, as it were, uh, to, to being in a stupor because of a drug, because of narcotic. How does that connect? Well, uh, <laughs> This narcotic, this stupefaction uh, comes from the drug of self. That as he was looking at himself, he was so uh, like a narcotic. It was such a drug. It was such a, such a, uh, you know, it, it, it was making him, uh, you, know, uh, you know, stupefied. It was making him confused. I mean, none of you have ever done any drugs, I know. Uh, but, but you know, uh, you probably know people who have before. And when they do, they can get kind of stupid. They can get kind of addled, bemused, befuddled, bewildered, uh, you know, not, not really know where they are and what they're doing. And they can lose sight of reality and they can lose sight of what's going on in their world. Of course, you know, that, that, uh, as I said, that's never happened to any of you. But you know someone who is under the influence of a narcotic or under the influence of, of something that, that is evident it's making them stupid. Okay? And by the way... You can be stupid, evidently, be in the household of stupidity in the Lord. And still be in the Lord. Still be saved on your way to heaven and stupid. Come on, come on. Listen, I'm, I know it's none of you. 
But man, sometimes, and it seems as though that the Apostle Paul is aiming this particular things at, 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 at people who, uh, you know, um, um, who are in the Lord and of that household. Uh, like, like I said, no less than 35 times Paul greeted or saluted, appreciated, or honorably mentioned someone there uh, by name in the 16th chapter of Rome. And it's interesting to me that these people could still be put into two different groups because the Apostle Paul doesn't stop there as he is ending this letter. He doesn't stop with this delineation of greet, you know, those who are like me and are heroic, as it were, but also greet those who are of the household of stupidity and they're all in the church and all around you. And so, you know, those that are gathering people together for Jesus, you know, those would, you know, probably be into the category of heroic. And those that are dividing people and scattering people and, you know, and, 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 and you know, pushing people away, those would probably be, you know, more uh, and classified to have been on something that is not really making them right, okay, to be divisive. I mean, we don't just see it necessarily in the church. We also see it at the workplace, we also see, you know, people in the workplace that, 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 that are doing things that are rather heroic. I mean, they're, they're, they're showing up for work. That's kind of heroic these days. And they're actually doing their job. That's real heroic these days. And, and you know, and, and, uh, you know uh, uh, and, and those that, that are divisive, I mean, they just come to work to complain. That's all they do. And they don't do much work. I mean, you know, you know they don't really contribute. They're more kind of consumers. You ever go to work with somebody that's a consumer, even at work, or a spectator? You ever worked with a bunch of spectators on the job and you thought, my goodness, I guess, you know, they hire people to come watch me. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, there, there's, uh, there are people that are, that, that are gathering people. I mean, it doesn't just happen at home in the workplace. It happens in the family. You know, sometimes people can be in our family and, and be rather heroic. I mean, come on now. Somebody, you know, pr probably, you know, you have somebody in your family that's taking care of a lot of stuff and doing it for others and working hard. And, and then you, you, you might have somebody in your family. Normally, somebody you, know, you do have somebody in your family that is kind of not that heroic, that is kind of divisive or contrary. You know? And if you don't have someone in your family or in your friend group that way, guess what? You're it. If you don't know someone that, that is like that, you know, uh, when fingers start pointing, you need to duck, okay? Uh, you know, uh, gathering people for Jesus or dividing people for the devil, it is something the Apostle Paul is going to address in a moment under this particular umbrella. You know, uh, the Bible says if you want to be great in the kingdom, then you need to be found serving other people, not necessarily serving your own image, you know, serving yourself. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, there are people all around us, by the way, in every situation who are really doing a, a lot for Jesus, for family, for work, for community. And yet there are others around us who, who, who are seriously consumers, uh, but they are on the end of the spectrum that had rather be served than serve, or had rather complain or be contrary, or they look for something wrong, or they find something wrong. You know, in churches, churches many times split over the color of the carpet. That's why we took all the carpet out of our church, okay? And I suggest if this is a problem in your home, take the carpet out of your house. 
and uh, uh, you know, <laughs> you know, the smallest, simplest things people find to complain about for some reason, and they see if they can't get the band behind them and get you know uh, start politicking and not watchful, and end up with a real divisive, uh, you know, a, a, a group of people over something trivial and small and something that is just minor. Uh, but you know, uh, you're not one of those I know, but you know one. Okay. Uh, uh, heroic people and people who are stupefied, who are confused, bewildered as to why Jesus came. You know, they, they, uh, there are some people in the church that don't understand why we are here. They don't understand this. They, you know, they, 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 they think we are here for them. No, they are here for the world and for the strength and for, the, for, for all that we do around the world. There, there, there are some people that imagine that their family exists for them. You know, mom is here for me. No, I'm sorry, but, you know, here's, here's the reality. When I was a kid, my job was to take out the trash. My job was to wash the car. My job was to mow the yard. You know, I mean, that, that, was, that was the way it was. And whenever, you know, I got married, I got married at 18 years old. I've been 18 a month. And it didn't take very long until my grass was this high, trash was everywhere in the house, and my car was dirty. And I looked at Brenda, I said, we've got to have some kids. <laughs> and we ran out of those we started on grandkids yeah it's a, it's a wonderful system okay people who are doing things and people who just want things done but they have no connection with how they're done why they're done and they aren't necessarily contributors to all that is going on uh they're they're confused perhaps about you know uh, what what's going on what's supposed to go on in church what is church all about you know, it's not just about coming and showing me, you know, your, 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 your prettiest shoes. You know, okay, we'll get, we'll, we'll get off that because I'm wearing new shoes and I don't want to feel the heat. <laughs> Jesus came to save the lost, not to lose the saved. More, that's, that, that is so good. I should have put that in red. Jesus came to save the lost, not to lose the saved. And sometimes, you know, in, 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 in churches, for example, as the Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Rome, he is writing to them about losing some of the saved people out of the church because some of the people are divisive and contrary in the church. And they're just causing other people to sour and leave. Who wants to sour their own family? They're on drugs. Must be the drug of self. Oh, that was a good one. That was a zinger. You know, these things should be written down somewhere. Okay. <laughs> Romans, the 16th chapter. If we continued reading, you know, a bunch of names. But we get down to Romans, the 16th chapter. And he says, salute one another with a holy kiss. Okay. Now, here's he's saying, you know, there, 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 there are people that are gathering together in church and bringing people together for Jesus. There are people that are gathering people for Jesus. And there are people that are, that are dividing people for the devil. And, 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 and you know, uh, Jesus wants to save the lost, not lose the saved. And there are people doing both things all around you. And both of them are saved and both of them are in the church. But I tell you what, give every one of them a kiss for me. Jesus loves every one of them. And that's what we got to realize. Jesus loves every one of them. You know, I mean, you know, I love every one of my grandkids. Brenda can tell you, you know, uh, she can tell you the sweet ones and the kind ones and the ones that are a little more, you know, uh, sneaky. <laughs> oh, yeah. And you can, too, about your family. Uh, so, 
This is what the Apostle Paul is leading us. As we're having a little bit of fun with the Word this morning. He's leading us to realize that still every one of them is loved. He loves every one of them, and every one of them is loved, and they all need a holy kiss, and so greet every one of them with a holy kiss, okay? And, he, and, 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 and the church of Christ salutes you. All right, well, uh, once again, in the church, there are both the obedient and the wise. There are the contrary and divisive. And uh, the Apostle Paul is about to encourage us to take notice of, of these in the church uh, and, and who, who basically you know, may want to argue or fuss or complain and, and uh, that, uh, that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has people who serve him and also people who serve themselves. And our goal before we get finished is to help identify ourselves and also to see if there's any place in our life for a little tweaking because we don't want to be there just staring into the surface of the water and dying of thirst okay and so in the 17th verse uh, 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 the 16th chapter of Rome verse 17 he says now he's, he's, he's named a bunch of people and he's not finished naming by the way but he says now I beseech you brethren mark those which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them literally means to 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 uh, stay out of their arguments okay don't let them draw you into uh, arguing and being contrary and divisive okay mark those among you again he's talking about people in the church he said all you want to, all i want you to do is take notice of the fact that there are some people in your family some people at your workplace some people in church some people in your community and y'all are all going along together in life you're all you know headed hopefully for the same goals and yet you're going to find some people that may be a little more contrary and divisive and just take notice of them and try to stay out of you know becoming like them okay uh, it doesn't mean be mean to them. It doesn't mean uh, to be judgmental or critical. It doesn't mean to be condemning. And it doesn't mean, you know, to hate them and push them away. It just means that you need to take note that sometimes some people may be a little more contrary. It may be just something going on in their life, or it could be just a way that they have adopted, a little more divisive perhaps in our communities, maybe in our political systems, maybe in, 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 in the situations we're seeing even around the world. Uh, you know, Maybe some people are a little more contrary and divisive, and other people are actually trying to hold things together and make things work and make the best out of things, even though things may not be perfect. Nonetheless, there are people that really try to make the best out of it, and there are some people that actually try to make the worst out of it. Take notice of those people who are trying to make things look bad, feel bad, you know, and, 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 and be divisive. Take notice of those. Mark those who cause divisions among you and avoid falling into that trap of, of allowing them to, to lose people, to lose the saved. Verse 18, For they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. There's that narcissistic thing. They're not serving Jesus Christ, and not, not what he wants, but rather they're serving themselves. Those who are the, you know, uh, those who are the household of narcissists. <laughs> Who, who, uh, you know, who are in the Lord, you know, who are a part of your group, who are in your family, who you're connected to in some real way, you know. I mean, uh, but yet they are divisive and they're not serving Jesus Christ, but they're serving their own appetites. 
They're serving their own desires and designs. You know, just, just allow me to be an honest and a kind pastor and say this with as much grace as possible, that there are people or will be in the future people in your world that, that just have a problem with almost anything. Or there could come a situation that is reasonable, that is bad, that is difficult, that's tough. But instead of trying to make it better, they literally try to divide people over it and make it worse. And they try to tear people apart because they have an appetite to do so. You know, I'm confused as to why. The Apostle Paul was confused as to why. We're all confused as to why someone wants to tear their own family up. The Bible says a foolish woman tears her own house down with her own hands. Wow, isn't that interesting? It interests me. You know, uh, such, uh, they that are such serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. That's why you want to avoid them if you know them, because, because of their good words. They'll find words that are so good and speeches that are so fair that they actually are deceptive. And if you're not watchful, their, their take on things, their aggravation, their contrariness, their divisiveness, their, their way of putting it and making it look can sound so good that it gets down into the hearts of well-meaning people, uh, the hearts of simple people, the hearts of people who really don't have an agenda, who are just, just doing good, and it can deceive them and make them feel the same way can make them aggravated you know Jesus is here to save the lost not lose the saved you know we're here to grow families you know uh, not to divide families we're here to grow a nation not to divide a nation would our nation be better off with a bunch of people who believed it was going to be better off and were working hard to make it so or uh, uh, led by people who are just trying to tear it up I don't like it so let's tear it up well I don't like it so let's fix it you know and let's, let's make it work. But there's a way to do these things with, 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 with the grace of God. Realize we're working for Jesus. He says, but he, but he puts these people, those people in one category. Verse 19 are people in another category. For your obedience, he says, is come abroad to all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf. You know? Uh, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. Now, here's what I want you to do, he says. Here's the end of his story. What he wants you to do is to actually decide that you're going to be in the wise camp and that, 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 that you're going to be, uh, you know, um, uh, do things which are good and beneficial and do things that, that, that are at the benefit of others. And uh, he, he said, you've already been doing this. You know, your, uh, how you live, uh, literally the world sees how you live. The world sees that you are heroic, you know, that the church as a whole is doing great things around the world. And, and he says, I'm glad about that. But yet I want you to stay on guard. I want you to make sure that you can tell the difference between good and evil. And I want you to be a part of the good. Be wise concerning what's good. And, and you know, what's evil, just, just be simple. Just, just, just you know, uh, just back up from it and let it, let it uh, you know, uh, not let it overcome you. Well, who are the heroic 
who are in the church. Who are these who are kinsmen of, of the Apostle Paul? Well, in our church, we have long categorized uh, those who are heroic into four different categories. And today, you may be hearing this for the first time, but it's been something we've been saying in our church now for more than 30 years. And there are four categories of people that every church needs. And we want you uh, uh, here in this family to help identify yourself as to, to what category you may fit in. You may fit into one or two or three of these categories and at any one time you could be in any one of them uh, but yet there's something that God has given you to do and uh, you know I'm just encouraging you to identify it and not get bored with it and don't get contrary and divisive of, of, about it because not everyone is like you some people fit into a different category okay the number one category of heroic people that I see throughout the Word of God and also in our church uh, are people who are goers Okay, uh, we we need goers. Goers are heroic. Goers are the people who do things like take off work and go do something. They 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 go to their neighbors. You know, they they, they go to their job. They go with purpose. This concept of going comes out of the Great Commission: go into all the world and preach the gospel. There's a category of goers that go places on purpose. Now that 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 Great Commission, the word "go into all the world," that does not mean just go, just go, go. What it means is we're going on purpose. That as we go, we are carrying something on purpose. Purpose. We have people in our church, people in our families that are goers. They do something. They get out and physically take care of it. Okay, I mean they just do. They just they just go. You know, there are people who will you know carry cookies to the sick people and things on this line. They go somewhere with a purpose. Whether they go in text or they go on you know phone calls. We need goers. We need goers. We need people saying, "I'll go. I'll go. Send me." You know, here I am. Send me, Lord. We need people who are goers. But goers are not the only category of people who are heroic in a church. Categories of, of, of people not, not only include goers, but also stayers. Do you know that staying by the stuff is something the Bible says is very important? And some of you are stayers. Some of you are people who you really don't have that go gene in you. You're a stayer. You want roots to go down, and you're going to stabilize things, and you're going to be here when the goers get back. You're going to be here when, you know, you're going to stay. You're going to make it happen. You're going to make sure that anybody that comes this way has somewhere to come to. The people who make a home, who create a stable environment. There are people on job sites who create a good, stable environment environment and and people may come and may go but those stayers make it happen stayers are the reason there are churches there wouldn't be anywhere to go from if there weren't stayers <laughs> you know we need stayers we need a lot of stayers and you may be called to be a stayer oh sometimes it may not look as you know, as glamorous as going sometimes you may not get to tell all the testimonies of what i saw in indonesia you know uh, but you know how important it is that whenever the people who went to indonesia come back that we're still here that there's something to come back to there are stayers that are stabilizers. They are stabilizers in the church of the living God. The church needs stayers. You may be a stayer. And if you're a stayer, just be proud about it. Be happy about it. Develop your staying ability and see what you can do while you are staying here. See what needs to be done here. Many people can see what needs to be done there, but we, we need people that knows what needs to be done here. Okay? And here's a good place. And everybody gets to go every now and then, and everybody has to stay every now and then. So when you are going or when you are staying, play that part. But yet there is a part that God has called you to do that, is, that is, you're just good at. You're better at it than anybody else. You're just good at it. 
okay? Goers, stayers, prayers. Do you know we need people who are prayers? Now, people who are prayers are, 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 are a hybrid. They are both goers and stayers, okay? They stay, but they pray, so they go in their prayers. Everywhere somebody goes, they're going with them in their intercession. Man, the Bible you know, tells us that these are the people that literally uh, move heaven and earth so that the goers can do what they do and the stayers can do what they do. People who, who, who pray, and we need praying people, people who are prayers who go and people who are prayers who stay. Every time we send somebody out, you know, God most likely will send a prayer with them you know, and, and leave a prayer at home. You know that, that in, 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 in 1493... Think back. Some of you, you know, weren't born then. But in 1493, one year after Christopher Columbus sailed to the Americas, he got back and he told, you know, King Ferdinand and Queen Isabella about all of his journeys, and they got all excited, and, and, the, and, and, and the world was opening up in, the, in, in, in that period of time. And, and uh, you know, the Pope, I think his Pope, let me reach back into, in, into long time ago i think the pope was pope philip the sixth now i haven't looked at this or read this in years and years but i think it was pope philip the sixth he divided the whole known world into two divisions one group one part of the world was given to the king of portugal and one part of the world was given to the king of spain and this is what the Pope said. I'm going to give you the orders. And the Pope at that time was like king of the world. Okay, I'm going to give you orders. This is what you must do. You must explore and evangelize the world. The world had just opened up. 1493, the world had just opened up. And he said, I want you to explore and evangelize. And do you know that every ship that sailed, for example, from Spain, you know, every ship that sailed had a priest on it? Because it was important that everybody that went carried somebody with them on purpose for the gospel. I I still think about that whenever we put our teams together to go, you know, to, to go do a missions work. We need some people who, who, who can you know, go and some people who can pray while they go. And we need people praying while they're staying. Okay? Uh, goers, stayers, prayers. And what's the fourth category? Payers. payers. Y'all know we've been talking about this forever. You know, God may have called you to be a payer. That may be one of your greatest contributions to the body of Christ, is to be a payer. Somebody has to pay for people that go. You know, man, if I could ask God, make me anything, personally, I would say make me a payer. You know why? I get to keep 90%. That's not a bad deal. Just imagine. Just imagine if God really, really, really needed something and he knew that I was a payer. He looks around for payers. He looks around for payers to bless. I mean, God blesses payers. I would love to be called to be a you know, payer. Uh, Luke is a payer. That, that, that's a calling of God on his life. We've been talking about it for how many years, Luke? This is Luke's dream. I think uh, he and I were in Kenya one time and we were driving through the Serengeti. And he said, you know what I want, Pastor Ron? What my dream is, my one desire? 
My one desire is to finance and fund other people to be able to go and do the gospel around the world. It's my one dream and my one desire. I want to be a payer in the kingdom of God. Luke, what a deal. And he has been, by the way. We have some other payers in here. I could go around and name some others who have, who have felt called by God to do that same thing. And you have funded the gospel all over the world. Needs are being met. My goodness, because of payers. Now, everybody has responsibility to go occasionally. Everybody has responsibility to take care of the home as well. Everybody has responsibility to pray. And everybody has responsibility to pay. We all pay our fair share into the gospel work. But yet some of us are called with a very strong strong calling to to do one of those heroic things in the body of Christ like the apostle Paul the apostle Paul said these are my kinsmen they're like me well just take a look at the apostle Paul and see who the heroes are that he's talking about that are like him people who who go and people who establish and people who pray and people who pay the the, the apostle Paul was talking about the heroes of the church Every one of us have an opportunity to participate in those four arenas of life, you know. Let me encourage you, and, 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 and please don't become one of those who hinders the going, who hinders those who stay, who disrupts the environment of the church because you may not like it that somebody went or that somebody didn't get to go. Or that somebody's praying. Do you know uh, sometimes praying people, uh, they can be targets. Don't be one of those who just does not lie, who's contrary and divisive over money that it takes to reach the world for Jesus Christ. It takes a lot of money. You guys here put hundreds of thousands of dollars into hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars into missions work every year. And some people complain because of, of, of oh, the church, you know. Listen, don't be one of those. Mark those who are just aggravated. And by the way, today, lest you, lest you think too small of God or the church or the ministry, I know of no contrariness. I am aware of no divisiveness. No one is complaining about money or missions. There are no complaints about going and staying. We are not a complaint-oriented church or preaching, okay? If anything, God would be setting us up for the future. God is a... is is a God that tells us the things before they come to pass. So we aren't responding today. Don't minimize the Word of God by thinking, oh, there's a problem, and Pastor Ron's preaching about it. Not so. Wouldn't do it, okay? Would sew my lips shut first, okay? Not going to happen. I am not that guy. <laughs> you know, if, if, if there was a problem with you, I'd come see you, <laughs> okay? <laughs> All right? And those, you know, there, there are a whole lot of you around here that know that with a smile on my face and joy in my heart and just ask you, okay, what's the deal? But here's, here's where we are, okay? We are in a place today where the river of God is about to flow in greater measure than we in our generation have ever felt. 
God is going to strongly respond to all the problems the world is facing. And he's going to do it in a very public way because the problems have been in a public way. Watch and see what he will do. I'm, 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 I, I can't you know, uh, describe to you how, how committed God is to responding with his love, his grace, his mercy, his forgiveness, his kindness. He's not a contrary and divisive God. He is a loving and caring God. So, uh, you know, let me ask you to help, you know, uh, 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 you know, God's hope is, is that we would have more good words than good, uh, more, more good works than good words, you know? By the way, Jesus did not say, I was hungry and you felt bad for me. Matthew 25. Okay. He didn't say, I was thirsty and you hoped I'd find some water. He did not say, I was naked and you wished I'd put some clothes on. He did not say, I was sick and in prison and you really wanted someone to go see me. God's hope is that we would have more good works than good words. More fair practices than fair speeches. God wants us to prefer being righteous more than being right. Some people who are contrary and divisive, they're right. There are some bad things going on around the world. But don't trade being right for being righteous. In your own homes, don't trade being right for being righteous. God wants to gather people together, let them heal and help them and join them instead of being contrary and divisive. Don't be narcissistic and still be in the Lord. Don't make it all about you. That's all. That's all. The last verse here, verse 20 if we'll do these things. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Isn't that a good word? The God of peace will bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Amen. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whether on campus or online, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. In Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.